The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Welcome back. This is part two of our tradecraft analysis of Mission Impossible 3. In part one, we talked a bit about the genesis of this spy action franchise and went into some detail on analyzing the initial Berlin and Vatican ops as portrayed in the film. If you did miss out on that and you don't want to miss out again, the simple solution is to hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Google, or your favorite podcast app. Also, you can find updates on our Facebook page or website, spieslikeus.net. And please, we'd love to hear from you. Any feedback is appreciated. We're always trying to improve the show, and we can't do it without your help. Now, we are going to have a lot of fun talking about the second half of the movie here. Uh, but, you know, uh, we did go into, in part one, we did talk about, uh, the you know, deconstructing some of the finer points of the Vatican op. We still need to talk a little bit about the broader implications and fallout that result from the successful extraction of the Owen Davian character from the Vatican. And that's where we're going to head right now on this episode of Spies Like Us. Now, all they knew going in was that PSH was going to be here and that $850 million were involved somehow and that something called the rabbit's foot was involved Mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. What's actually going on is uh, PSH is at this party to obtain the location of the rabbit's foot. That's Mm -hmm. the information he gets in the dead drop briefcase. Right. And so by the end of this, with our IMF crew having uh, successfully absconded with PSH and his briefcase, they are now in possession of that information about the rabbit's foot. I assume that Crudup knows what PSH is up to at the Vatican. So even though he's not been uh, read in, he wasn't told that Ethan was going to go in. He does know, like, the significance of the information in the briefcase. That's going to become important later. And uh, before we get out of the Vatican uh, situation, though, too, uh, you know, I wanted to complain a little bit about how the the end, how this op, like, like the final result of the op. Uh, it, it leaves the bad guys with a blown-up sports car and a missing PSH. Now, at the beginning, Ethan said he wanted to do it all this way because he wanted to get PSH without anybody knowing PSH had been got. Right. I don't think this op accomplishes that. I think you've got a blown up sports car and there's no pieces of human in it. (laughs) Right. Uh, You said you thought an explosion like this could, you know, annihilate all... Uh, you, do you, do you still feel that way? I don't. I don't. Well, when you mentioned like forensics, I was like, okay, but that would take a while to happen. You know what I mean? They, I don't, I don't know. From the explosion, it looked like everything got torn up. So, like, for any forensics to come back with anything and identify who was in the car, I think it would take some time. But you're right. You would think there would be blood or bone somewhere, right? I think I think I could establish that within five minutes. Okay. Pers- <laughs> with no, with no training whatsoever. Right. Um. So, 
I don't think the op uh, accomplishes the goal that it was stated to uh, accomplish, but I'm going very, very minor spy points on that because I don't think it really matters. I think they still would have run the op exactly the way they did anyways. You know, it's just a, you know, it's just a, like that line of dialogue where Tom Cruise says like getting him is good. Getting his buyers is better. Uh, just wasn't necessary and didn't really hold up at least. And when did he get the buyers? Well, that was supposed to happen later. Oh, I guess. I right. guess again, like oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Then uh, a big crazy black army, you know, some black ops army helicopter comes and gets PSH back. Like so the I, good plan, if the plan was to also nab the buyers, then the good plan would have been to have the op result in them taking PSH off the board, but Tom Cruise could still be out and about pretending to be PSH. Mm-hmm. making contact with his buyers and then they can nab them, but that's not how they played it. They played it in a way where they ended up trying to make everyone think PSH was dead, but then that also doesn't make sense anyways in the way yeah. it plays out. So yeah. Trivia before we get out of the Vatican. Uh, Maggie Q had never driven a car before in her life. Wow. Oh. That Lamborghini, that beautiful fucking Lamborghini, is the first car she's ever been asked to drive. Can you imagine that? No. <laughs> that must have been tough for her to go from nothing to a Lambo. Uh, yeah, there's even a video you can see her uh, accidentally running it into some other cars on the set. Oh. So, yeah, Vatican, much more classic Mission Impossible kind of stuff that we expect from this franchise. And then we go into our next section of the movie where I called it in our notes. It all goes tits up. Yep. PSH is in transit mm-hmm. uh, under heavy guard. Ethan and Luther are along the way. Uh, there's not a lot of tradecraft going on here, but we got to say it is a fuck yeah, of a great action set piece. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yeah, the you're talking about the bridge scene with the drone and the helicopter? This shit was dope. This yeah. shit was really dope. Yeah, there was a lot of explosions and guns are shooting. We got like special black ops guys like uh, roping, de- or bel- what's that called? Belaying? Belaying out of helicopters. It uh, kind of reminded me of the True Lies uh, scene on the bridge. Right, yeah, 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 very similar. By the way, that bridge, like, originally, uh, J.J. wanted to film it on an actual bridge, and then he realized just how impossible it would be to uh, get the shots that he wanted. So that bridge is actually a, a fake that's built on solid ground, and the ocean part that you see, that's all CG'd in. Oh, really? Yeah. Or green-screened or whatever? Green-screened, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it fucking absolutely looks perfect. I yeah, it looks would great. not have guessed. Yeah, I, In, yeah, it looks great. It's almost even hard for me to believe until like I went and looked at some of the production footage of what it mm-hmm. looks like uh, with the camera crews. You know, uh, going just—I mean, it's just dirt. 
on either yeah. side of the bridge and and they're able to like do all their filming and everything um, oh yeah yeah and um while we're talking about how good this scene is um i want to say that this is the part where they uh uh luther's guy apparently has decoded the micro dot that Carrie Russell sent to Tom Cruise, warning him about Fishburne. And he's watching that in the car. And the way this action scene starts out is him watching that video and ending with the line, I think I'm being set up, is timed perfectly. You're looking at Tom Cruise, uh, looking at her video, and you can see in the back window right when she says that I think I'm being set up is like, boom, that fucking first RPG hit, uh, hitting the, the van at the back of the, uh, convoy. Mm -hmm. I went back and watched it several times. It's perfect. It is perfect timing. It is perfect ramping up of tension. And then like, like tension, you know, as you're kind of getting the gist of what she's saying, and what it means, and what it means, and then I think I'm being set up, and then just, boom, drop you yeah. off a cliff, you're in fucking trouble. Oh, I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's I think it's five-star movie making right there, just the timing and the shot of that. Of that. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. So again, uh, yeah, not a lot to say about, uh, you know, the action scene. It's not tradecrafty, it's just great action. This scene's going to end with uh, PSH getting away. Uh, who's rescuing him? I don't know what organization is rescuing him, but if he's that big of a VIP villain, I'm sure he's got some sort of Blackwater organization under payroll. And I'm sure Crudup is the one that got him out. Because the only way that any information about... Oh, wait, that's right. Ethan made it specifically to leave Crudup out. So how was he even? Fi- well, oh no no, no 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 wait 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 wait. Actually, but at this point, Crudup does know that uh, Ethan has extracted PSH because Fishburne tells him about it. So at this oh. point, Crudup does know. Then it probably was Crudup that called in somebody that uh, is loyal to PSH. That would be like I don't think there's any organ. I don't think it was the IMF for sure. Like it was probably some like mercenary Blackwater type organization. In later movies, uh, they're kind of building up the uh, the notion of this syndicate, which is like their stand-in for um, oh, who are the ultimate bad guys in the Bond movies? Umbrella? No, oh, that's... no, that's that's Resident Evil. <laughs> uh, I forgot. But yeah, one of those kind of uh, you know, evil syndicates, uh, retconning it in, I could possibly imagine that, uh, I mean, there's no evidence to support it, but I could imagine that, uh, PSH is, uh, maybe syndicate protected. Mm-hmm. It could be he's, he does have his own private army. Right. Uh, it, um, I mean, it maybe stretches plausibility that Crudup could reach out to do this using his resources, but, I mean, we've seen, we see a lot in this movie that, like, different uh, aspects of the IMF don't necessarily need to tell each other what's going on. 
right away. I mean, how does Ethan get all these resources to do this op without, you know, getting it cleared by Fishburne in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like the Vatican thing. I mean, right. Um, so, you know, it's, I mean, it's possible Crudup's got some way to like reach out and, and help, but I, I don't like that theory. And these are just theories. I, I really don't land anywhere particularly, but just to mention that, uh, if it is Crudup, that wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense to me because at the end of the movie, he's going to say like, basically that PSHs are a dime a dozen. They're like weeds. Mm-hmm. You root one out, two grow in their place. So he shouldn't be ever taking any extreme risks to protect PSH. If that's his belief that if PSH was taken down, he could just as easily find another guy to oh, accomplish his goals. Mean. Right. But it wouldn't have been much of a risk. He might know who... And if he's working with PSH, he would know the right guys to send a, a message to. So he could have just like gotten the word out that PSH was in trouble. Yeah, like like I said, it's it's retconning, but honestly, the syndicate theory is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying I'm wondering if Crudup might have miss it, messaged the syndicate. But yeah, we don't get any of this information, so we're definitely just taking a stab at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it, you know, I thought it was worth a, a couple minutes to to one wonder and wonder about. Um, but yeah, PSH is free and clear. Ethan is uh, wanted for questioning. He, the movie wants us to think like right now he looks bad. What's uh, what's Fishburne's thinking on this again? Um, number one. I reviewed your Berlin transcript and apparently Carrie Russell wanted to tell you something that she didn't want us to know. Right. Off the record. So he's withholding information. So uh, he also went on this rogue mission. Uh huh. Right. So he's not following protocols. Things look pretty bad. And there was a lot of damage done at the Vatican, right? Uh, yeah. The Vatican bad. might be mad. exactly blew up a Lamborghini in the Vatican right Right. just outside of it and broke down a bunch of ancient walls you know sure I mean we imagine I mean we imagine it's not shown in the movie but at least you and I imagine that uh, the Vatican's got some uh, some serious intelligence uh, operations and and some political pull behind the scenes, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, it could be them uh, yelling about uh, this bullshit. Uh, let's see, Fishburn. Oh, the thing was. Uh, oh yeah. So he got right. So how did he know that she had information to share with Ethan? The only thing I got on that is that you know. Uh, playing the transcript, you know, she's like, turn off your transmitter, turn off your transmitter. I want to tell you something secret, which she doesn't get a chance to do. Pedantic minus five points on this. Ethan can read lips. She right. should know he can read lips. Right. She shouldn't be saying... He was her teacher, right? She shouldn't be saying, turn off your transmitter out loud. She should have said it was- like... Yeah, the way Crudup does later right. in this. And then, probably, and then, I really liked I, I liked the Crudup thing where he just gives him a knife. Uh, that was a little believable. He just knows, like, Ethan Hunt's level of skill can get him out. 
Is it was it a knife or just a lockpick? I think he just gave him a knife. Oh, okay, awesome. It looked like a tiny little folding knife, but I I, I don't know. Maybe it was okay. just a lockpick. But it, uh, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, Ethan Ethan looks bad at this point, which uh, uh, circling. Back to, I think, my central theme about this movie. Everything is story-driven, not plot-driven. I cannot determine that it's to anybody's benefit. In fact, I think it's to nobody's benefit in this film that Ethan comes under suspicion. I think it just kind of happened and and not planned. Like, PSH wants the rabbit's foot, and he wants Ethan to get it. So... It's not to PSH's advantage right. that Ethan is, you know, restrained and, you know, doing the, the, the they do that whole Hannibal Lecter thing on him. Yeah. Uh, it's not to Credup's benefit. Uh, it's it's not. Yeah. It's so that just seems to have been been a wrinkle in their plan. Yeah. And it's it's this plan that is now hatched. I guess in the moment to have Ethan go and grab the rabbit's foot. Presumably PSH had some, like if all the Vatican shit hadn't happened, he'd have gotten the location of the rabbit's foot and he either would have bought it Mm -hmm. or stolen it on his own, which he still could do. Mm -hmm. At this point in the movie, right? Yeah. So having Ethan do it is, I guess, just like movie stuff? I think so. uh, That's kind of how I felt. I was like, well, why didn't he just go get it himself? He was planning on getting himself anyway. Right. Or if at any point... You know, earlier the plan had been to like rope Ethan into this situation so that they could get leverage on him uh, to go get the rabbit's foot for them because for some reason they think, well, I mean, Ethan is a really good thief. I mean, we, yeah. we, we know that. We've established that. He's probably the best thief in the world. Um, but if at any point previous to this that had been their plan, they could have just kidnapped Julia in the first place. Right. They didn't have to wait until this point. Um, for him to do it. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't serve the only thing you think of is that he wanted his revenge for the airplane. Yeah, you know, he did say, "I'm going to find your girl and hurt her." So, I, I guess that's the only point is I'm going to make him do the. It's kind of like in those movies where you make the guy you're about to kill dig his own grave, right? You know, that's that's the only thing I can think of. But I don't know. That's about it. Yep. That's that's what we want from this movie. We want to know, like, you know, as audience members, uh, we want to have seen PSH deliver his uh, promise to Ethan of how this is going to end. And we want to be really fucking scared and on the edge of our seats uh, when we think that that promise is about to be uh, cashed in and delivered on. So, yeah, like, I guess, uh, you know, Ethan getting, you know, falling under suspicion and getting captured is just kind of a side journey that doesn't mean anything. But uh, Credip gets him out. This is going to be important later for, I think, one of my worst tradecrafts. Uh, let's just say for right now, let's remember that 
Uh, Crudup trusts. Okay. I'll give you the setup now and the payoff later. At this point in the movie, Crudup trusts that Ethan fully restrained, full on Hannibal Lecter, you know, mouth guarded, uh, with a little pocket knife is going to be able to tackle four armed guards in an elevator. He's confident. At IMF headquarters. Right. Mind you. Yeah. Right. He's confident that if he slips him that little thing, that he knows how that shit will go down. I'll come back with the payoff later. Let's go to Shanghai. I mentioned a few minutes ago that, uh, it, like, it just seems like IMF, uh, I don't know, that their, their ops are kind of maybe segregated in ways that I don't buy in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, Crudup sends Ethan's team to assist him in Shanghai, where he's supposed to get the rabbit's foot. Uh, I think this is the second time that he's in a, arranged an op without Fishburne knowing about it. Mm-hmm. And Ethan arranged an op without Fishburne knowing about it. I mean, Fishburne does like, you know, catch on to these things like hours later, like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's come to my attention. This happened. Right. Um, but I don't know. Like, I didn't know. Maybe the, you know, cause the IMF, they're fictional, they're fantastic. Maybe like, that's part of their operational procedure in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not very realistic. Uh, so we'll tag that with some minus five points. You said you didn't like the Shanghai part, which is, is, is uh, gratefully short, I think. Well, no, it's got yeah. some good action stuff. Yeah, I like the baseball's distraction because just as an audience member, they were talking of, you know – Ethan's doing the the physics math on the window, trying to figure out how he's about to swing from a skyscraper to a skyscraper. Uh, and so we just think it's going to happen. But then these baseballs start falling. And that was like their distraction for the, the guards on the roof, which I thought was kind of cool. It's it delightfully weird. low tech. Right. And it's really weird, right? They're just using, you know, like when you go to the batting cages, uh, those little like uh, machines we drop the ball in. And it yeah. shoots the ball out really like they just start shooting balls at the roof, which gets a distraction from the guards, I guess. Um, I, I thought that was cute just as an audience member watching a movie. Uh, but in general, I did not like the skyscraper jump. I, I thought it was silly. I appreciated the fact that we didn't, they felt confident and knowing that it's not that important to the movie. I appreciate that most of whatever Tom Cruise, Ethan is doing inside the building, we, we're just like, we'll just wait till he runs out and, and skip that part. I appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> personally. <laughs> so he's got the foot, he's got the rabbit's foot. Right. Um, and he's going to show up at the place that they say for him to go to. Um, let's talk about this part a little. Um, you know, he's just, he's just showing up with the foot, uh, and entrusting himself to whatever PSH has got in store. Any thoughts on that from your side? I mean, I don't like that, you know, he's going to let himself get poisoned and go out by himself, but I guess he doesn't have any options because of the hostage, you know, it's his wife, but I, I don't know. I, I really didn't like anything in Shanghai. 
Uh, other than the car chase was fun where they were shooting at each other and him leaning out the door. But yeah, in general, him going out to the middle of this like sketch area, he agrees to poison himself and then wakes up to uh, PSH pointing a gun at what he believes to be his wife. Like, I don't know. I guess he didn't have any choice, but I, again, I didn't, I didn't like this situation very much. Anyway, anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to quibble with, uh, he didn't have any choice. I've seen tons of these movies where, you know, when you have something that, you know, each person, each player on the board has something the other person wants, right. uh, you know, I, Jason Bourne wouldn't have gotten into that limo. Probably not. Yeah. Like he would have had, you know, and Ethan Hunt is perfectly capable of imagining up some kind of, you know, uh, handoff negotiation kind of thing, I think. Um, but no, he just he just walks in lamb to the slaughter. I call it minus five points. He is saying goodbye to his team. Hope I see you tomorrow. But I don't know. Uh, you know, he tagged the rabbit's foot, so there is a tracker on it. His team should be able to be right on top of his shit. Yeah, that's true. Um, he tells Crudup, who he doesn't yet suspect, he says, wait eight hours, and if you don't hear from me, send an army in. Right. Why? Why? Why wait the eight hours? Right. Like they should already be on their way. I'm calling right. that my uh, number three worst tradecraft. Yeah. Uh, of this movie, especially because I think like we've seen before. You know, like I said, like Jason Bourne would have had a plan. Ethan Hunt can definitely come up with a plan for this that doesn't involve him just like completely surrendering. Yeah. But that's how we get to the. The scene that everyone remembers. Like if you if you if you only saw this movie once and it was fifteen years ago, what's the one scene you remember? Yeah, the one where he's got Tom Cruise in the chair tied up and he's gonna shoot Julia and he's like counting. Tell me where the rabbit's foot is. Yeah, yeah, this is great performance from PSH. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's some... we go back to the opening scene. This is the opening scene that we start with. And now we come back We've gone through the whole story of what got us to this scene, and now we're there. I wondered. I wondered a little if it was always in the script to prelude this scene at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, it definitely works. Yeah. Uh, I could also imagine that, like, maybe they hadn't uh, had it like that in the script, but at some point realized. Philip Seymour Hoffman is not in this movie enough. <laughs> right. And and came back and, and you know, uh, did it this way. Either way, great choice. Really yeah. good choice. Like, the, the premonition of what's going on is, uh, you know, and when we get to the scene, as audience members, we're like, oh, fuck. This is the, this is the this is that shit. And yeah. we've, uh, we've seen Ethan like so much on his game. Uh, it's really, it's really nice. And you mentioned PSH's performance, which is 
stellar. Uh, right. Tom Cruise is is doing some top level Tom Cruise acting. Oh yeah, scene as well. As yeah. far as I'm, you know, I'm. I I know like you know, like a lot of the critics that that I personally respect like really really look for like subtlety. Mm-hmm. in actors' performances, and that's not necessarily what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when people go broad and just chew the fucking scenery, like, like I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> right. Um, but one thing that will leap out at me in a performance is watching multiple emotions conflicting on an actor's face simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think Tom Cruise like just fucking knocks it out of the goddamn park in this sequence. Oh yeah, this is definitely probably among Tom Cruise's best acting moments. I would say like I, I like he has a lot of moments that are really powerful, and I think this is one of them. And I and I like that you pointed out the conflict of his emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's trying to keep his cool and use his training for negotiations, but his wife's got a gun to her head, you know, or who he thinks is his wife. And uh, he's, he's like confused. He just woke up from being drugged. He thought he brought the right thing. They're being, he's being told it wasn't the right thing. And so he's trying to go in and, you know, so you're right. Yeah. He does go through like a range of emotions. And uh, I, I think he did a great job. So what's the, uh, can you, can you help us uh, tangle into like, because we're going to find out this is all a, I don't know, a, a, a charade. On the part of PSH, it's not actually Julia in the chair. So what's what's really going on here? So we got another use of the masks, and I call massive bullshit on this. Um, But whatever. Uh, the The idea is so at the Vatican when Maggie Q spills the wine, and I guess there was the lady translating. I guess PSH's character believed the translator failed him at the Vatican, like not stopping her from spilling wine on him or not spotting that that wasn't PSH in the mask. And it was Tom Cruise, which I agree with. Cause they don't have anywhere the same build or height. Um, oh, we forgot to mention that. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, can yeah. I please? Yeah, go ahead. Or, or just go ahead. Go, go back and underline that one. Yeah. Like when, when he, I mean, like we were both back saying the, back in the Vatican, like the Vatican, Tom Cruise puts on the mask and the suit and stuff, and Tom and I are like, well, they don't have the same build, but then there's a shot where Tom Cruise looks bigger, so I guess they put him in a fat suit. But even with that, the height between them is a difference, right? There's a difference in their heights. There's a massive difference between Tom Cruise and Philip Seymour Hoffman as far yeah. as just bulk. Right. Right. And height, yeah, hundred percent. So, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you remembered that one because I would have felt really shitty if we had published this pod. Like I would have been listening through the editing and saying, "Oh fuck, we forgot to mention that one." Yeah, right. And that that makes me feel like, well, the translate. I, I guess he feels shit. Well, first of all, why didn't the guard fail him? Her and the guard failed him, right? Uh, but I guess the translator should know his voice better or know how he talks better. But the idea is he believes his translator failed him, so he put her in a Julia mask. They're going to use a fake Julia to verify if the rabbit's foot is the real rabbit's foot by threatening to kill Julia, which is actually the translator. And that's like the big reveal. It's not really Julia. She's alive. 
here, let's just tear off this fake mask and show, aha, it wasn't Julia. We just need to verify if the rabbit's foot was real, which I feel kind of is bullshit. I mean, I guess threatening to kill his wife, but I don't know why they had to use a fake Julia. It's, it's, see, I, see, my whole thing is if, if we really want to do some mental gymnastics here, Philip Seymour Hoffman is doing this because he's going to use Tom Cruise to kill Crudup. And he knows that Tom Cruise is going to get out of this situation because he's that good. And his plan is to hurt Julia in front of Tom Cruise anyway. I don't know. I, this feels like way overcomplicated for the, just to make the movie interesting. You know, they, there's no reason why they needed a fake Julia. It, like having her alive or dead is irrelevant. It, 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 if it was actually Julia they kill, they still get the information of verifying the rabbit's foot. But I don't really think they needed to go to these lengths to verify it was the rabbit's foot. You know what I mean? I, I think I, a lot of this was just added in at the end to be like more interesting or ooh, look at the twist. Goes know. to goes to my massive, you know, my underlying thesis of the movie. Everything is based on story, character beats, uh, you know, emotional climaxes. And the plot is just kind of connective tissue that was like put in later to get the movie to where it wanted to go at any given point. Mm-hmm. Um, analysis of the plot and motives here with threatening Julia. Uh, okay, so I guess their concern is that he might have given them a fake, right? Yeah, and they and they can't have that happen they need to know that what he gave them is real there's a few possible scenarios here uh tom or ethan hunt might have the rabbit's foot Mm. and given them the real rabbit's foot right that's the simplest one he might have the rabbit's foot and have given them a fake right or he might not have the rabbit's foot and give them a fake. Right. It's the middle one, the one where he has it, but gave them a fake is, uh, that one requires them to know that he actually has it because in the third scenario, the third scenario would fall apart. If you watch this scene, if he, actually didn't get the rabbit's foot, but gave them a fake, which should be uh, at least a theory in their mind that that could right. be the case. All well, of his... They know China happened, right? What, well, wouldn't they all know the China thing happened? They know that... Uh, well, that's, that's the thing. Um, if they know that he did get the real one... then this scene makes sense. If they don't know that he actually has the real one, then all of his reactions that he, and I watched it several times to triple check this, like all of his reactions would make actual sense. He's like, I'll get it for you. I will. I'll, I'll get it for you. Just right. right. um, So they have to believe that he actually got it. Right. Whether or not they know he's giving them the real thing, that's what they're trying to establish. But if they don't know that he actually is in possession of the real thing, then the scene uh, falls apart. So 
I think they're counting on the fact that uh, they absolutely believe that uh, that Crudup absolutely believes that Ethan is being honest with him when mm-hmm. Ethan reports to Crudup that I got it, right? You know, and gives him the tracking information for it. Right. But that could potentially fall apart if we go too deep in the rabbit's hole of Crudup wondering whether or not Carrie Russell's message had outed him to Ethan. Did I get that all right? I think so. I All I gather from this whole thing is it was all unnecessary. I don't, I don't think they needed to verify it. And even if they did, there was no reason to, to use a fake Julia. PSH... Mm-hmm. Wanted to hurt Tom Cruise any to Ethan Hunt anyway, so just kill the real Julia. Why? Why? There's no reason for this other than having a twist. You know, like what a twist! Like that was that was the entire point of like the. That's why I don't know. A lot of this movie I I didn't enjoy, but I, for sure, uh, starting from Shanghai onward, I was just like, oh my god, when is this going to be over? You know, other than when PSH shows up and like does his amazing acting. He carries this movie. He yeah, carries he, he carries this fucking movie. Yeah, he definitely And he does it, it and he does it in very, very like with very little screen time. Mm-hmm. You know? Like overall, he's like I think he's he's I think he's only in this movie for like eleven minutes yeah. total. Yeah. <laughs> and, Not even much. But he makes it so much he he makes the movie, yeah. It's a lot of yeah. I enjoyed everything about it. So when when Crudup does okay, so uh, you know I get it. I I mean again, it's like these quick little hops of logic. They're not hard for me to make. It's not gymnastics, but I get it. They're just like I don't know. They're they're just so I don't know. Don't feel impactful. Like the mm-hmm. the background plot. Of the of what the villains are trying to accomplish at the end of the day doesn't feel nearly as important as you know the uh, what JJ was clearly trying to do was just set up this huge like emotional conflict between Cruz and PSH, which the movie succeeds on that level. But on the plot wise, when we get here, I guess uh, Crudup convinced PSH uh, to not kill Julia mm-hmm. because he wanted Julia to still be a chip to find out from Ethan about like what Carrie Russell's message had been. I don't buy it on PSH's character. I, I feel like he just would have done his, done his shit right now. I mean, he right. clearly wasn't on the same page with Crudup in the first mission. Mm-hmm. You know, where the idea, like, Crudup's uh, ideal goal would have been for Carrie Russell to be rescued with the false impression that Fishburne had set her up. Uh, You know, clearly uh, PSH and Crudup weren't on the same page there. I I feel like PSH would have just, like, done the dirty right here. Right. Um... And then, but then we get Crudup to show up and do a very, very classic. Here's the villain explaining his master plan. <laughs> he really, he really drops an info dump 
on Ethan. Do you think he's actually trying to convince Ethan? Dude, his plan is such bullshit. Uh, like, his plan is like, uh, I want to help PSH get the rabbit's foot and deliver it to a buyer in the Middle East for a country that we want an excuse to go in and do America stuff, Desert Storm kind of America stuff. Um, it's a really stupid plan. I I can't tell I can't tell if Credup is is actually thinks there's a chance you know because he's he's giving his raisins to right. Ethan right you know he's like this is for our soldiers this is for our families this is for this our country is for America this is whatever. for America you know do we think do we think Ethan do we think Credup thinks that Ethan's gonna buy any of it or is he just like uh, well, that that would be implausible. B I don't know is, why he would. The only thing that Ethan's thinking about right now is his wife. Right. Or I think, I think honestly, at the end of the day, he's just doing Hollywood stuff. He's just yeah. explaining the fucking plot to James Bond. Might right. as well have a laser pointed at his balls. Or yeah, some exactly. fucking sharks. And a cat. <laughs> and a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... So here's my payoff for my worst uh, number two tradecraft. Remember previously, okay, I slipped you a little pocket knife and expected you to get out of full-on Hannibal Lecter restraints and destroy four fully armed guards, which I think had, like, automatic weapons and everything, you know, a little elevator. Um, here, the, the the ploy that Ethan makes is, like, I'll give you what you want, but I got to hear her voice. And that's a ploy to get uh, Credip's phone and therefore his hand close enough to Ethan's face that he can bite it. And, you know, from there, just do Ethan Hunt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Credip should know better than that. Yeah, he's the one that helped him break out, right? He literally, like, you know, just based on, he knows Ethan's capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dumb. Minus five points. Worst number two from me. Uh, you know, everything works out. We get the fight with PSH and, and Ethan Hunt, and Credup gets killed, and all the bad guys are dead, and, you know, Tom Cruise is gonna open up to Julia and tell him about his real life, and happily ever after. Uh, I guess this would be the, the postscript of the movie, is where I get my hard capital H hard number one worst tradecraft Fishburne is congratulating Ethan for a job well done bullshit Ethan uh, you know was constantly like operating outside of Fishburne's jurisdiction or you know and outside of his like knowledge of what was going on mm-hmm. he made you know Fishburne's greatest scene in this movie is the part where he's dressing them down over the failure of the initial op. And, you know, he says, I can tolerate a lot, but there's one thing I lose sleep over, and I love my sleep, is the idea of a rogue agent just going off the rails and doing shit on their own. That's all Ethan Hunt did in this entire movie. Yeah. This shit sucks. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like even the idea, you know, like uh, Tom, uh, Ethan Hunt, you've got the rabbit's foot. Okay, I get it. You want to save your wife, but like, you know, do your fucking job. Protect the world. Uh, you know, let me in on it's just, I don't know. Have I said enough about that? I think I have. Yeah. And then I'll tack on some extra minus five points of like, okay, I get it. Like Ethan's going to finally tell Julia what he really does for a living. Uh, but bringing her into IMF headquarters, introducing her to the other members of his team. This is not good. This is good well, storytelling. She might have been taken into headquarters for a uh, debriefing. Like, I'm sure she was going to be interviewed and, and, and interrogated and questioned, right? And they would all be there anyway. But, yeah, you're right. This is more like, hey, the story, yay, they're all friends now. Like, yeah, it's a super, like, feel-good, everyone, like, group hug kind of thing yeah. that just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Um, and is, like, an egregious security breach. Right. <laughs> um, I'm even wondering at this point, too, uh, real quick before we go to debriefing, like, what is Luther and Ethan's actual relationship? Like, they act at some point like they're friends in real life, like outside of missions, mm-hmm. but they don't hang out together. Right. Like, they don't, we never see, like, every time we see Luther, like, and Luther is the guy that always seems to be, like, the guy, like, okay, oh, yeah, same old Ethan, like, you know, really knows him, is really, like, up in his grill, you know, as a friend, but the only time Luther ever shows up in the movies is, like, you know, like an airdrop, like, you know, uh, in the Sahara Desert, like, randomly, like, we chose this location to meet up. And then we do our operation and we split up like ghosts. Uh, They don't go to each other's barbecues. Luther wasn't invited to uh, Tom Cruise's party. Right. Yeah. Well, and he even says, I'm probably never going to meet her. And that's why I like the whole thing at the end. Oh, they got to meet, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I just, I just wonder about it. Um, I found, I went, I went looking for fan fiction and, oh, I found it, Uh, (laughs) but we're not going to talk about that. Let's just, let's just say Luther's on top uh, in that one. Agents, please report for debriefing on this operation. The director will see you now. Uh, I really like this movie. Um, It's a lot of fun for me and uh, I kind of. Um, and the one that brought it up when Todd wanted to do Mission Impossible, I kind of was like, uh, yeah, let's do my three because that's the one I like. Uh, but, you know, compared to our other spy films and like my enjoyment of them, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to go with a three and a half on this one. Um, I, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie, uh, but I don't want it to match our fours or my fours and fives as far as rating goes so uh i'm 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 gonna go with a 3.5 i'm pleasantly surprised that uh you went to the 3.5 i thought i thought it would have been lower for you because i know that 
action spy movies are not really your bag. Right. <laughs> um, PSH I, I, is what pulled me over. How, yeah. how fucked up the airplane scene and the, the Julia, the gun on Julia scene. It, it, yeah. I think, I think it was him. He's the thing. He's the thing yeah. about it. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So you're at uh, three point five. Uh, let's see. Uh, sneakers. Can I? Well, I'm not. I'm not going Atomic Blonde. I'm not going Day of the Jackal. No, I'm looking at my force as well. I think. I think you nailed it. I think yeah. you nailed it. And I, I, <laughs> right, I, right. I think. I, I think. I think that's the right number. It's. It's absolutely a three point five. Yeah, you started with star ratings. I'll start with my uh, best tradecraft. Uh, Ooh, number three, you know, uh, even though it wasn't like, you know, fully on view in the movie, but looking back through the way Credup um, is just playing angles. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's, he's making the call from Fishburne's office. He can't necessarily, as far as I know, be sure that... Carrie Russell is going to intercept and understand the implications of that, but he's accomplishing several things all at once. Right. That's, 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 uh, yeah, that's good tradecraft in me. Uh, I don't think I, no, I think, uh, didn't get to mention this. Let's just say a hospital is a really great place to kidnap someone. Cause you can just walk them out the front door on a stretcher. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My number one best, the wine spill shirt thing gives a great excuse for uh, the conversation and the flirting that that is necessary to separate uh, Ethan as PSH from his guards. That was my favorite. My number three best tradecraft was the brain explosive. Um, I, I just thought it was a good insurance concept. Of if they get away, you know, you can keep them alive, but if they get away, it's you still got them in your clutches type of thing. Um, my number two best tradecraft was the disposable phone dead drop. It was it was nice. I liked it, you know. Uh, but for sure, my number one best tradecraft was the guard costume uh, that Reese had to change into to uh, communicate to the other guard that Maggie Q was in fact on the list. You know, driving up in her Lamborghini. I, I liked that. Like the teamwork of getting her in the building, and she had to come in with style and flash and pizzazz and hoity-toity. So was, those are mine. Todd, your worst. All of my worst are are pretty bad. They were difficult to order. Ethan, you know, he's got the rabbit's foot, and he's just gonna walk into the dragon's den uh, with no defenses. Uh, whereas he has all the resources. And all the intelligence to be able to plan this out better. It's absolutely just story stuff. Uh, Doesn't hold up under scrutiny. Number two. uh, Credit. Buddy. Uh, If I can take out four guards. I I, I felt like I I talked about this enough. But if I can take out four guards out of a full-on fucking uh, Hannibal Lecter restraint. uh, I can take you out. If you get close to me, so you, you, you should know better, buddy. Right. Uh, number one, Fishburne congratulating Ethan at the end. Ah, 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 ah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. This is, 
it it runs entirely counter to not just Fishburne's like the attitude that he's displayed in the movie, but also is just plain bad. Yeah. Like you should be firing Tom Cruise from the IMF for the way he behaved. <laughs> you really should. Right. You really should. <laughs> You're fired. What do you got? My number three best or worst trade craft uh, was Philip Seymour Hoffman reading the words. Um, remember, you know, I'd mentioned throughout the podcast that uh, we avoided a lot of low hanging fruit. So I was highly critical of PSH because he was built up and explained as this like super crazy, elusive, you know, intelligence genius, villain terrorist uh, arms dealer. So somebody tries to knock you out in the bathroom and they look just like you and they want you to start reading words. I'm sure at your level, you know that those voice thingies work. And I would have told him to go fuck himself. Uh, but that leads into my number two worst tradecraft was PSH falling for the wine. If you're this type of VIP, I'm sure people are trying to spill wine on you all the time or rub poisons on or whatever. Your guards shouldn't have like let anybody get that close to you. Number two, you, you somebody spilling wine on you should have triggered like, oh, they probably want to get me alone. Maybe I shouldn't go alone to the bathroom without my guard. Uh, so I'm I'm putting all of that critique on PSH's character because he was built up as just like a super genius villain, elusive type and made all these blunders. Uh, but my number one worst tradecraft was definitely the Vatican op itself. Um, I don't think it should have happened, period, other than when you're trying to make a giant blockbuster summer hit. Uh, uh, I think they should have waited till he left the Vatican and caught him on the way. If they wanted to get into the Vatican and spot him and, like, identify him and then keep eyes on him, okay, fine. But I think they should have caught him at a much more weaker security point. Uh, but, yeah, those are my worst. Uh, on a park benches. Yeah, so park benches, uh, now we're talking about, uh, you know, a value between uh, one and five in general, although we have been known to dip into the point five area. Right. Uh, this is just how we feel about the tradecraft as portrayed in the movie, mostly based on realism, but sometimes we also weigh it on, uh, like, how much of it we actually get to see. Where, where are we going to start the bid here? I want to start at a one. You want to start at a one? I think it's better than our man Flint. Uh, but a lot of this was fantastical. Um, so you might be able to talk me to a 1.5. But I uh, uh, I think Red definitely had better tradecraft. <laughs> at least realistic, if we're going realistic. A lot of this was over the top. Uh, Red, I think Red's got a lot of the same kind of problems mm-hmm. that this movie has. I think Lefem Nikita has a lot of the same kind of problems this movie has. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm just looking at our twos. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? You're right. I'm looking at our 1.5s, and it's like Get Smart and Man from Uncle. I, I think I could, I think I could talk you into it too. I think this goes right alongside Red, honestly. Okay. Okay. Although, I mean, 
it's difficult because we're accepting the masks as existing. Yeah, yeah, right. And and yeah. the giant skyscraper jump, and you know, I don't know a lot of a lot of stuff. Where, well, where okay, going. but the skyscraper jump, I don't think should be part of our factoring in because that's just an action scene. That's not tradecraft. Well, that's how he infiltrated the building. They were like, "It's impossible to get in." Well, how? What if I get in through the roof? You know, and he's you know just what, doing all his physics. Yeah. Let's 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 go back to one point five, uh, because because which was your initial bid, right? My I wanted to start at a one. Oh, started at one. Now that we're now that we're talking, I'm looking at our one point fives, and it's like Get Smart and the Man from Uncle. And I want to say that's a little bit better. So I'm thinking a two is actually pretty good. I just wanted to go higher than our man Flint. That's how I felt. I was like, <laughs> this is better than our man Flint. Right. right. But, but now that I'm looking at our ones and our 1.5s, I, I, I feel you. Like a two sounds good. A two definitely sounds good. See, I, now, not to prolong this agonizing process, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like I said, like I think the best analog of things we've done before is red, right? But red doesn't have masks, and it no. doesn't have science fiction to its no. credit. And it's got a lot of cool tradecraft, you know. It's it's a lot better than you would expect from a spy comedy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of on the low end, but yeah. um, yeah. But this is why this is why I'm I'm feeling like. I don't. I don't think I want to talk you all the way up from a one to a two. I think I want to meet you at one point five. I okay. I'll, I'll, I mean, like even the man from Uncle and Get Smart had some pretty good tradecraft, but I. I just feel this was so over the top stuff. You know, it, I don't really. Well, also, like at, it's like it's like okay for me. Part of it is like, even though, the tradecraft that we saw ultimately made sense or at least could make sense with very short hops of logic, right. which right. were easy to digest. There right. wasn't much. Right. Like, like, and it wasn't impactful. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's, let's go with 1.5 and call this a wrap. Sounds good. That's All it. Right. 1.5 park benches. Uh, Mission impossible three. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at spies underscore like us. Visit us on our website at www.spieslikeus.net. You can find out about upcoming episodes. Also, what will really help us out is if you give us a review on wherever you found our podcast, either on iTunes or your Android app or YouTube or wherever you listen to us. Uh, even if you didn't like the show, just give us a review. It'll help us give us feedback so we can make the show better. And it can also help other people who haven't found the show yet find out about us. Hey, Moira, initiate Protocol 9. Protocol 9 initiated. This podcast will self-destruct in 20 seconds. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod, and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler.